everybody, and welcome to episode 421 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you're sitting at home jamming some arena or like us, you are enduring a polar vortex <laughs> as you are all snuggled up in your blankets and still jamming that arena. Hey, I was minus 21 on my phone when I woke up today. Woo, buddy. Real warm, real toasty. Real toasty. Yeah. And Texas even, where you're from. Yes. People have been, you know, posting about all them icy roads. Be (laughs) careful out there. Be careful. Y'all don't have those big salt trucks. No. You have tiny little salt trucks. (laughs) Texas where the trucks are big, but the salt trucks are tiny. I imagine them like the mouse droids in Star Wars that are just tiny and they just like... Skitter around. Cute. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Megan. (laughs) I'm one of your hosts, Maria. And on today's episode, we are talking all about Kaldheim and how it was developed. Yes, because uh, sometimes it's super interesting to Mm -hmm. peek behind the curtain and find out what was going through collectively Wizards of the Coast brains when they decided to make Kaldheim and everything that went into it, all the decisions and the lore, because Kaldheim is just full of really cool stuff. Yeah, it absolutely is. And Mark Rosewater always does a series of articles when a new set comes out kind of talking about the bigger picture stuff and then some specific card design and then wrapping it up with some question and answers so we're going to go through a little bit of each of those today to give you a peek of what was what was happening yeah so if you have questions about stuff that pertains to call time it's a very good uh there's a very good chance that mark answered one of them in the mailbag section and also we'll give you some stories about how call time was born and it was a long time coming it was a long time coming oh and there's like some juicy tidbits in here that I really enjoyed. All right. Hot goss. Exactly. (laughs) If nothing else, stay tuned for those juicy tidbits. I mean, it might be cold, but the goss is hot. That's right. (laughs) Both the gossip and Ryan goss. (laughs) That's just a universal truth. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Two things always known to be hot. The goss. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Before we get into the show, who is a supporter of the show on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. You are the literal best. Yes. Thank you so much specifically to Trig, Andrew and Steiner, who became patrons since our last episode. Huge shout out to those three for keeping our show on the air. Or coming out of your cat's mouth. Or coming out of your cat's mouth. (laughs) It still has to go... In the air. In the air. So why do they call it on the air? Ooh. I, I mean, is it why in, is it do they in call the it air, the technically? Air? What's the like, science? I, I feel like the sound waves are in the air. <laughs> but I'm no scientist. <laughs> if you know how sound works, please tweet at us. Specifically at as it pertains to the yes, air. Yes, the air. Uh, where, where are these waves? Are they in it? Are they on it? Are they through it? Are they behind it? Yeah. Uh, tweet at us know. with the hashtag air science and uh, let us know. Thank you so much in advance. And thank you <laughs> in right now to everyone who is a patron of the show. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. $5 a month gets you access to our Discord uh, and benefits only go up from there. And it is a real good party time. I'll let you know that, uh, by the way, patrons who have been patrons since a Patreon pledge drive month last year uh was slowed down the rewards of all those thanks to the pandemic the good luck high five pins it, it's what been, a saga it's been a saga truly the pins have been a saga oh, but let me tell you chapter one lasted yeah, for an eternity <laughs> let me tell you that if you're a u.s resident your pin should have been shipped out by now so like you should have received it by hopefully now. you've received it by now some are just mailed out last saturday the last of them so it could be maybe a couple days before you get it but it should be like if not yes. by now in the next couple days canada we have finally worked out how to get your pins to you. Canada, we, are, we have a solution and it is coming. We can't tell you about the solution. But hopefully it will work. <laughs> <laughs> the rest if, of the world. And if you're in the rest of the world, we're still working on it. We still got to figure it out, everybody, because look, we cannot mail them at $30 a package. It just... And li- right now, also, it takes one literal lifetime. <laughs> one lifetime and there's no guarantee. around the globe. Because of uh, customs. Anyway. Yes. It is on our minds. We are f- trying to figure it out one day one day we'll we will figure it out for you but thank you as well to our sponsor card kingdom cardkingdom.com slash glhf an excellent place to get all of the magic 
stuff that you need. Oh, yeah. Whether you're looking forward to playing some shaken up historic modern yes. or pioneer with all of the bands hitting Let's this go. past Monday. Maybe you're like, all right, I am ready to get into modern now that it's not being warped. By all of these cards. Absolutely. Best place to get your cards, cardkingdom.com. Yeah, head to cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Use our affiliate link. Anytime you buy anything over there, say good luck, high five. They'll throw in a sticker or a token in your order, and the shipping will be oh so fast because they are oh so good. Uh, by the way, I was going to say, if you are a U.S. resident, and like if by next week you didn't get your pin, you can email us. Yes. And let us know. But yeah, everybody should have them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, U.S. Look. Uh, honest shout out to the U.S. Postal Service. For sure, for sure. We're not mad. No, we're not mad. We're at not you. mad at all. We're just saying. <laughs> we're just letting everyone else out there know. Like, who knows? <laughs> Let's dive into the world of Kaldheim. Ooh! Let us open the storybook. Yes. Let us put on our figure skates and sing a song from Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to reference a song, but I'm like, what is a song? For? Let it go. There we go. Yeah. I haven't ever seen it. Do you want to build a snowman oh, for yeah. the first time in forever? Did you see Frozen? I haven't, but I've seen Frozen <laughs> 2. <laughs> but Megan, how can you see two if you haven't seen one? Oh, my friend gave me a synopsis. Actually, oh. our Good Luck High Five board games uh, <laughs> reviewer Nicholas oh. gave me a synopsis of it because Great. we went to go see it with him and his kid. <laughs> So you needed to know. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. it was um, it was great. Actually, my favorite part of it. Sorry, this has become a whole story now. Great. But, I love it. But he got really in-depth. Um, About his, what happened? And his wife, Colleen, was in the same room. And she, and I was like, she was like, probably whatever you knew before was enough. <laughs> uh, I recently took a musical writing class with the woman who wrote the Frozen songs. Wow. Yeah, she is really cool. Plus, did you know, fun fact, she wrote the WandaVision theme songs, too. So, no. yeah. That's pretty amazing. Real bad egg. Bad egg. <laughs> a real like bad egg. A bad egg. Real bad egg. <laughs> B.A. Oh, my gosh. Do you have pandemic brain out there? I do. Did she also write Wicked? Uh, no, no. I thought that the people who wrote some of the stuff in Frozen were associated Maybe with Maybe there was like a, you know, there's like a collaborative yeah. group or whatever. That would yeah. make sense. Yeah. Because there's some stuff in there. I'm just saying, um, Defying Gravity has a lot in common with some of the songs in oh, Frozen. Oh, that makes sense. Right? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, call time. Anyway, it, call it's time. a cold place. It's cold. <laughs> it is very cold. So um, in his very first article about developing this set, which actually came out before we had seen all of the cards in call time. Yes. Uh, this was still during preview season. Mark Rosewater talked uh, about how they kind of landed on finally doing this. Yes. Which he said doing a set based on North mythology and historical Vikings was on their to-do list for like ages Forever. and ages and ages but they were worried it would be too similar to ice age yeah i mean i guess so but also i feel like when did most people who play magic now start playing magic yeah not during ice age <laughs> that's what i have to say about that. the answer <laughs> i'm actually they probably know this data over yes, at wizards of the I'm coast sure they do but i feel like when we started playing which was in 2012 with return to ravnica yeah was the was i don't know why i think this but i feel like it was an, a start point yeah. For a lot of people. Do you feel like maybe you might be biased? <laughs> what do you say? Hey, look. I'm th well, I'm thinking about Pioneer. Pioneer starts That's with true. Return to Ravnica. That's true. And I think the, in, the uh, like... Um, it's like the modern age of magic. Yeah, sure. Almost. Like Innistrad, maybe whatever the hyper on yeah. Innistrad got all up. Anyway, if you know the answer, <laughs> am I full of crap? Just I let me know because I, I kind of want to know. Yeah. But yeah, Ice Age, what's that? I don't know. Way, way before our time. <laughs> and they said, you know, like they also just had a lot of other places to go and For return sure. to. But finally, it like rose to the top of the pile of... Of sets that people wanted to see and hadn't seen yet. Yeah. And there was a call for it for a long time. Yes. And so one of the first things that they did was kind of sit down and talk about, well, what would people expect from a Norse and Viking themed set? Snow. Yes. They said they laid it on like gods, yep. obviously. Yep. Um, some kind of variation on the nine realms. Is that a thing yeah. in Norse mythology? I yes. guess I don't know my There's Norse mythology. There's the nine mythology. realms that are all connected. Oh, um, by, it's all making sense. I'm, I'm calling it the world tree because that's what it's called in call time. And I don't know if I'm conflating the two. I but did anyways, not connected know by a big thing. that was a direct port. 
Yeah. From Norse mythology. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, many specific creature types, right? Like elves and dwarves and giants. Sure. Specific weapons like hammers and axes. Uh, Norse style magic like runes and omens and zombies. Lots of fighting. And of course, like you said, cold. Cold. And cold. The, uh, the boats, the Viking long yes. ships showed up as well. Funerals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Viking funerals. And cold. Yes. They've got to do snow. Yeah. Um, and so they started talking about like the gods. And this this is one of my favorite tidbits. Mm. The modal double-faced cards were originally pitched for Strixhaven. Oh, I wonder like, why. It was pitched as a set built around modal double-faced cards. Oh. And then um, they realized they were like, oh, this is like a bigger mechanic than just one set. They're like, this is too cool exactly. to contain. So they kind of stretched it across all of the three sets for that quote unquote wow. gear. Wow. I think that's so cool. Like how do you. Zendikar Call time, time strict haven. How do you come to that conclusion? Even though you're sitting there playing with it, and you're like, "This is like the best you're mechanic like, we've ever so made." Good. <laughs> we need to put this in three sets and not one set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. And so they were like, "Well, okay, there's these gods need to feel different from the other ones that we've made, right? Because right. Norse gods are very specific in their own lore. Like they more interact with people. They ha- they hang out. They're exactly. fallible. Yes, they mess up. Um, they and so don't. that's how they kind of landed on using. The modal double face cards to make I these see. gods unique from all of the other gods that we've seen on like Theros yep. or in um, Amonkhet. I've got to say, too, these gods are my favorite gods of the gods they've made. Ooh, because spicy. well, I'm uh, just because they don't feel like um, they don't they're, they're less feel bads than the other gods. I think. Yeah, they don't have mostly they don't have that indestructible text. Yes. The indestructible word. That's what we're uh, yeah it makes a around. real big feel bad. And I played Kalvar um, in one of my drafts the other day mm-hmm. and just splashed it because I could play the sword. Yeah, you know, just single white. Oh, that's fine. I can I can play that. You know, so it's that it gives them a little bit more flexibility too. Yeah. Um, and them they're, being really cool i mean them being actually them being not indestructible plays right into the flavor of this as well yeah exactly like that's what they say like the more fallible yep um obviously they talked about the nine realms they went for 10 because of the color pie yep makes sense they're just like well you know multiples of five work great so we're just gonna say take nine and be like 10 great i love it yep and that also, I know they, whenever they really like a set, they're like, oh, we'll come back for sure. And they usually do. Mm-hmm. And I think these 10 realms gives them so much material, right? Yeah. To go back to this well to draw from for future sets. We, we When we introduced Call Time, I was like, how many of these things? There, there's Bright Guard. There's blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway, there's so many that are uh, excited to come back to Call Time and we haven't even left yet. Yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and then obviously they were talking about the creature types. Yep. Um, and like the difficulty of they didn't want it to be a tribal faction like Lorwyn or Ixalan. And so they already had this like shapeshifter realm of Litjara. Sure. Uh, and so they were like, what if we just give all those changeling? Oh. To kind of like help Boom. help mix things up. And then they also said, so they had had like some mechanics that kind of were feeding into, like they originally, I think, had a named mechanic that was more about specific creature types and was a little bit more tribal. Okay. But they realized that because you were always basically choosing a creature type, they took away the mechanic name and just made it like a rally the ranks, right? Where sure. you choose a creature yeah. type. Or um, the 4-2 the giant that when it comes in, oops. When it comes in, it deals damage equal to... Basalt like, Ravager? Yes. The number, the greatest number of creature types that your cards have in common. Right. So they moved it away from being like, that card from being like, deals damage equal to giants, to being like, hey, whatever. Whatever it is. Exactly. Oh. It doesn't have to be specifically giants for this guy. I love that idea. And yeah. what a success, I think like basically overall from doing it this way compared to how we felt drafting Ixalan. Yes, for sure. Uh, I think it's like... It's definitely a very, like, a way more flexible experience than yes, Daphne Ixalan for was. for sure. Which is a nice, a nice difference. Thank <laughs> you, Mist Walker. Thank you for everything. Yes. Oh, man. There's just so many, there's, like, so much great stuff with Shapeshifter sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, fun time. Think about Glimpse the Cosmos. I'll even play that in a deck when I'm not playing Giants or whatever. Yes. Because you're just like, I basically have giants yeah. all the time. <laughs> They're giants. Or like squash, which is the one yeah. that mm-hmm. is discounted if you have giants. But like, guess what? You don't need a giant. You need a shapeshifter changeling thing. It's so handy. Love it. Yeah. A plus. Just wish that it, that expanded a little bit more into white, which is the same thing I could say about snow. Yeah. Anyway, 
that's a discussion <laughs> for another day, White. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just a bigger discussion to be had about white <laughs> slice of the color pie. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, next up is North Norse style magic. Oh, yes. Which is what led to runes, obviously. Yeah, 100%. Uh, one of the cool things is runes originally only enchanted equipment. What? Yeah. So the idea was like you were etching this rune onto this piece of equipment, oh, right? To like I give it the see. ability. To give it the magical power. Yeah. But they were like, that's too narrow. <laughs> like <laughs> if mean, they weren't playable enough. <laughs> they, they, would, they would have to print more equipment here yes. <laughs> for that to, to work, I think. Exactly. So they moved it to, hey, it can enchant any permanent, which is pretty cool. Yep, lands. And then they also added the subtype so other cards can reference them and yeah, care about them. And a ruined crown remains yeah. in the set, which is kind of a nod to how they originally envisioned these. Yeah. Uh, it's it's super cool. I really like, yeah. you know, and the ruined crown, or what's the, the helm one that I'm thinking of? Is that the... Which one are you thinking of? <laughs> the one that lets you search for a rune. Yeah. Yeah. Ruined, ruined crown. Okay. Ruined, ruined not ruined, ruined. ruined. Um, I love it. Right. And it's I love really cool. Sometimes it's great. And sometimes it's so annoying when your opponent has like put a rune on an equipment and then they can just move it around. They just move it around. You're like, part of the thing about auras is that it should like you, you get draw two back. for one yeah. your opponent. Nope. But when you enchant with the rune equipment, oh, I really like it. And I think it actually played into making the equipment more playable in this set. Oh, yeah. Because it's so much better to just have, like, the elven longbow. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, I can slap, like, a rune of mortality on it. And all of a sudden, it's way better. And now my bow not only shoots flyers down, it kills anything that touches it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Oop. <laughs> I've been runed crowned before. Like, I am I see them play a rune crown. I'm like, oh, no. They go and grab their thing. They put it on the rune crown. And I'm like, No! no! <laughs> I now have to. Everything's a flyer. Yep. Oh gosh! We were talking about this earlier. I have started playing uh, either Invoke the Divine if I'm in white, yeah, or Broken Wings if I'm in green. I main deck those cards. Yeah, and I like just and Masked Vandal. By the way, oh, Masked Vandal. You gotta have them. It's so good. You gotta have the Vandy. It's so annoying how good that card can be. Yeah, and you don't play it on turn two. No, you just <laughs> no. hold it in your you hand and you're it. like, someday I'm gonna two for one. You, you just with hold this guy. it and wait for it and be like, this is my Broken Wings plus a one three body, just waiting, just lying in Yummy. wait for you. And always they get my opponents get my sagas with it every single stupid yes. time. Yes, <sighs> I've killed so many sagas and had so many sagas killed. Yeah. Oof. Thank you, Mass Vandal. And also, you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Fortell. Yes, this also kind of came from the Norse style magic as a way of referencing omens. Oh, makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So originally, they played around with like a lot of different ways to do this. Yeah. Originally, they were like, maybe you cast it like you can pay its cost and then it casts it on the next turn. But it was too obvious, right? They were like, yeah. oh, if you pay two and a blue, they're like, your opponent's like, well, I know what that is. What am I doing? Oh, I wonder what <laughs> spell is going to happen next turn. Yeah. And so they played around with this like morph inspired mechanic of Fortel. And I think it's so cool yeah. that Fortel wasn't something that they just had in the bag. They were like, oh, one day we're going to make a morph variant where it's any spell and it just goes into exile. Yeah. I love that it was kind of this like trickle down from trying to do omens and and doing something where you can like predict the future or see into the future or something like that. Sure. And it trickled down into this mechanic that's really cool and that I yeah. love and that so many people love. We are big Fortel fans oh, in this house. It is excellent. And gosh, can you, can you, is there any experience quite like, I mean, other than Morph, where you're just sitting there <laughs> and you're just like, what? Is it? Yes. What well, is it? When it's your been sitting over there like, the whole game. When your opponent plays like a Greenland, some other land, who knows what it is. Oh, and like. Pac-Mate. <laughs> exactly. And foretells me, <laughs> you're like, well, there's a 3-3 three, three coming next turn. <laughs> or like even you're just sitting there, you're like, is this poison in the cup? Is this Turgid Shadow? Yep. Is this Doom? Oh, it's oh, it's Doom Bolt. Is it, or Demon, Demon Bolt. Bolt. Yeah, it's no, Demon Bolt. It's definitely Demon Bolt. It's, it's always, always Demon, Demon Bolt. Bolt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fun little oh. sub game, mental sub game to play with yourself yes. while you're sitting there wondering what your opponent and has. And I have to say, so I've been playing um, like a Sultai control-ish list in standard. Yeah. and Salty ultimatum? <laughs> no, I haven't been playing that. Oh, okay. I've just been playing Sultai Yorian. All right, sure. Um, which I guess that one also plays Yorian, but not the ultimatum one. Yeah. Anyways, it is 
it is such a cool innovation in control decks to be able to oh, yeah, do something for sure. like foretell uh saw it coming yeah it's it's great it's gotta be great it's wild because what else are you doing changes on two? up control yes right or you can like play card draw or on turn four you can like foretell it and then have your two mana up to activate maze mind tome sure or to sure. uh you know cast um omen of thassa or something like that yeah. omen of the sea omen of the sea and or you can counter something yeah. like the flexibility Options. that it has given to that control deck <laughs> Chef's it seems Ooh. so good for control i so really good. i really like it i'm super into it so foretell a way of talking about omens and mm -hmm. uh, foretelling the future. Now, what about lots of fighting? Yes. Yeah, so they were like, obviously in a Viking set, people are like, or in a Norse yeah, set, fight. fighting. Yeah, fight. We've got to be fighting. Yeah, lots fight. of fighting. And so they said there's like always this question of, is there a way to care about combat, combat differently than the ways we usually care about combat? What an interesting question. Right? Okay. Um, so originally they had something called cremate, which is dark <laughs> and weird. <laughs> That cared about creatures in graveyards. Very dark. Uh, but it was de-keyworded, de-keyworded, and the number of cards with it was reduced. So I think, like, one of the cards that I think might have had something like Cremate originally was, you know, the Valkyrie that you can pay one in a white and exile a card, a creature from your graveyard. And that you only, like, it, oh, it usually yes, costs. as an alternate cost. Yeah, three yeah. in a white. Yep. Or um, Masked Vandal is a great. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Master of the Scald, which is the one where you can get back an artifact yep, or enchantment from absolutely. your graveyard. Yep. I think that it's really cool to look <gasps> oh, at those and be like, oh, I right, that right. was originally a keyword of some kind. Cremate. But they were like, this isn't quite what we're looking for. <laughs> okay, Cremate is obviously a terrible name. Yes. What? I mean, the mechanic might have been renamed later. That was just like design name. <laughs> but well, what would we, what should it be named is what I'm Ooh, asking. I don't know. Burn at the burn, burn the at, fire. Burn at sea or Viking whatever. Funeral. Viking funeral. <laughs> <laughs> so how did um, they solve this question about how to care about combat differently? So they ended up with boast. Sure. Obviously. And Mark said, quote, one of the reasons I really like the boast mechanic is that it found a way to make attacking with a creature a resource. You, If you want to activate a boast creature, mm. well, the cost is attacking with it. It has interesting ramifications that force you to think about combat in a whole new way, which was exactly the goal of making a combat-centric mechanic in the first place. Oh, interesting. I would have never thought of boast as trying to a way to accomplish this goal specifically. Yeah, right. But it makes you think about... Like, instead of attacking only being about, you know... Dealing damage. Dealing damage. Sure. Instead, it's like, well, I want to activate the resource of having attacked or being able to access this boast ability. Yeah, I want to go fetch a land. Therefore, I must attack in this combat, even if it's not profitable for yes. me or if I would normally not want to. Exactly. I think it's super oh, cool. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah. Um, and then obviously snow. Snow. Ooh, and Glorious sorry, there are so many. Snow. I keep being like, this is one of my favorite tidbits, but they all are. Great tidbits. Um, I really enjoy these articles. If you want to read them for yourself. Oh, they're great. These are the, um, there's Norsing Around Part 1 and Norsing Around Part 2 mm -hmm. are the ones that we've specifically talked about so far. Yeah. Over um, on dailymtg.com. Yeah. You can just, if you search by articles written by Mark Rosewater, they come up. Sure. Uh, easiest way to find them. So snow almost didn't make it right because believable right so they were talking about obviously we want cold and they were like <laughs> oh, like something not you know like something referencing the cold but the thing is is that like ice age and cold snap which were the original snow sets yep weren't like weren't popular it didn't go over very well so and so weird. so design had kind of put it in the space of like we're not going back to snow it was unsuccessful. I wonder. People did not like it. If Modern Horizons. That's what happened. <gasps> oh! He was like, literally, Modern Horizons, Horizons came out and people really liked loved it. Loved it. Loved it in Modern Horizons. It was great. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, we thought we could never go back to this mechanic. And it turns out that like in this iteration, people loved it when it was done well. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, Modern Horizons really like carved out a good place for snow and actually made it like a work workable mechanic and a cool deck to draft. Oh, it was the best deck exactly. to draft. Exactly. And they're like, 
hey, now we actually can use it. And I think that part was so cool. Oh, that's really, really cool. Well, I'm so happy Modern Horizons did well because snow is the coolest mechanic. Everybody at the draft table wants to be in snow. Literally everybody. It's so true. (laughs) I just recently did a draft where if someone passes you like a turn three spirit of the Alder Guard, you're like a pick three. You're like. Snap. I will first pick that card. Absolutely. It's so good. Yeah, I first picked a Glittering Frost the other yeah. day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dang. That's, that's called spicy. It's called forcing it. <laughs> and there's, it's a little bit of an issue because everybody wants to do it yes. because it's so ding-dang cool. But like... <laughs> oh, man. I think... I was also thinking in the future we should revisit because we talked about early draft strategies a couple of weeks yes, ago. Yes, we should. And I think we should for sure revisit yeah. it because we have to hold ourselves to some, account. We have some new takes, <laughs> right? I mean, and draft has evolved enormously oh, since yes. our first takes. So much. Okay. So you can look forward to that. Yeah. Draft revisited. <laughs> Redux. Uh, so the next part of these articles that Mark Rosewater writes are about specific cards or specific cycles that got developed sure um and so we're now looking at like some card by card design and the first one that came up was obviously the snow duels which are love just em. so good love them you gotta have them really excellent first pickable snow duels let's yes. go um so they were saying cold snap had a cycle of the five ally color snow duels that entered tapped and originally they were going to reprint those and then make the enemy color versions oh okay um but some of them had like weird names that were like tied to dominaria or like didn't quite fit with call time uh so instead they were just like hey we're going to add the basic land types because the original snow duels did not have basic land types and then we can give them different names great and thumbs up yeah. Good solution. Exactly. And they said that dual lands that enter the battlefield tapped have room for something extra. So in this case, like adding the adding the basic land types or adding the land types was like totally fine. One of my favorite parts of these articles is looking at the playtest names of these cards. Yes. <laughs> They're oh. so funny. This one uh, that he mentions is All Run God of the Cosmos, which if you remember has Haka the Raven on the backside. Yes. <laughs> this one is... <laughs> What is this name? I don't know. Rafen the Hossip. <laughs> what is a Hossip? I don't I know. I feel what's like it's a, a joke about gossip. I mean, that would that makes sense, but a Hossip is a thing, right? I don't know. It's a is word. It? Okay. Okay, look it up. <laughs> hossip girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. No, it, no I just, it, I typed in Hossip and it's like, did you, do mean, you mean gossip? gossip? No, we didn't. We meant Hossip. Show Search results. for Hossip. Hossip. No, No. that's a company, not Urban Dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) I have to read this definition from Urban Dictionary. (laughs) Gossip gossip about ladies who are often referred to as being hoes. Hossip. Put it in your lexicon. Okay. Well, I guess that well, one wasn't. Prof in the hospital. Well, now we know why they couldn't print that name. Oh, oh my gosh. Anyway, on the back, Great. the bird was different. It was just a 1-1. One, one. Yes. And whenever it attacks Scry 1, when it dies, if you control a god, draw a card. That's weird, I think, to me. Yeah. How are you supposed to do that? I think their idea was... Um, Basically, like you used this rate, like in to constructed, go find your god. Oh, yeah, in okay. constructed, you would use the raven to find your ne- like your next copy of Alrin. Sure, sure, okay, that makes sense. And so you could, uh, you know, uh, eventually have one of each in play. I love this god, and I love this raven in draft. Never cast the backside, only cast the <laughs> raven. Wow, I've never drafted this. I've never seen it. Oh, this is another one. That's d- does this card exist? Does this card exist? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I just saw one of those the other day. It's like the one in a red dwarf lord, essentially. Oh, that that, and when they tap, you get a treasure. Or yes, mm-hmm. and it it was like the my. You're like, it was what the, is this? I opened it and I was like, this isn't a card in the set. <laughs> This card's not real. What? It, like, excuse me. Mm. I seem to have been given an incorrect draft back. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a card. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still haven't seen Tyvar. Literally have never seen it. Had never had it played against me. Ooh, I opened a Tyvar and sealed. Still to this day, I'm waiting. Yeah. I've had, let's see. I'm trying to think of what, like what I've seen more than the, like I've opened a lot of Egon's. 
uh, yeah. God of Death. Think, think and I've had a lot of other people. <laughs> and I've had a lot of other people play Turgrid or like the backside of Tur- Turgrid's Lantern or whatever. Oh, that card is just a house. So rude. You just die. Yes. You just die to that thing. I've had that played against me a lot. Oh, yeah. Right? I Anyways. You always anyways. play that side anyway. Yeah. The lantern side. The lantern yeah. side. Someone mm-hmm. played Turgid against me the other day, like that side. And I was like, what I don't understand doing? what's happening here. <laughs> what are you doing? I was like, I didn't, I've never seen this card. And I was like, oh, wait, I've just seen the other side of it a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, it's just cool to see like the, yeah, like you said, the changes originally, um, Alrind was like a star star where star was the number of cards in your hand mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, anyways, he, he kind of still retains that in a, a little bit to this day. Yeah. Uh, next up is Ascendant Spirit. And this one they made as an homage to uh, Figure of Destiny. Yes. And so they they called that like a template card. Uh, which is, they say, a card that's, like, so cool and memorable that it inspires them to make more cards like it. I love Figure of Destiny. Yeah, exactly. It's so cool. Um, and, yeah, Ascendant Spirit was like, hey, Figure of Destiny is so cool. Let's let's make, like, the snow version of that. Also, that, that card I've never played with either. Ooh, Ascendant I've Spirit. never played it because I've only opened it times when I was definitely not in snow. What? What times are those? I know. <laughs> Say, Maria, no, you've got a problem. You can't it doesn't draft happen snow often. every time. The other day, I drafted my very first aggro deck in call time. <gasps> I thought you could say ever. <laughs> my first my ever very aggro. first one. Out of all time. Of all time. Though, just in call time. Oh, okay. It was red, white, and it was very good. Great. Uh, anyways, that was not about anything. <laughs> oh, and this one I think is interesting. Calamity Bearer. Ooh, yeah. If you remember this card, it's the two red, red, three, four that uh, if a giant you control would deal damage, it deals double instead. Um, and they talk about this as a way to also circumvent the problem of tribal. So, of course, this card is good with other giants, right? You just yes. kill them out of nowhere. But also, it is a giant, so it works with itself. Yeah. Which I think is a neat distinction that I hadn't thought about before I read this article. Yeah, absolutely. Like they said, it's one of those ways of working with tribal cards that won't make it so that, like, if you're not in Giants, you're not going to be like, well, well for can't, me. Play, can't play this bomb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just play it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, Cyclone Summoner. I love this card. This card's great. This card is so great. Um, the 7-7 seven, seven that yes. puts all Giants back to... Or all non-Giants. Uh, non-Giants back to hand. Get out of here. Yes. Um, so they call this... It's playing with batching, uh, which is when you take a group of things and connect them mechanically. Hmm. Um, so anyways, like historic, which is when, you know, like that was when there were a bunch of them. Um, anyways, so like this one listed them out, giants, wizards, lands, like that's like an example of batching. Of a batch. Yes. Cause it's a giant wizard. It returns all things that aren't giants, wizards, or lands. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And anyways, and a negative tribal effect of like, oh, it doesn't give a bonus to that tribe, but everything that's not that tribe gets like booted booted yeah cool this the next card he tells a story about is doom scar who i do like doom scar you would i mean look a wrath that i can play on three <laughs> nice it's nice real nice this one he has a cool story about being hired to work on the star wars trading card game about <laughs> 20 years ago at this point which just makes me feel very old oh <laughs> because this was it's when like, the prequels were coming out uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he got to go to skywalker ranch to work on this which is pretty cool and he's like bucket list check off um yeah. and in this he they wanted to reflect the flavor of the movie and have different zones or battles were fought like in space on the ground or between characters um and anyway he built something that was similar to foretell for this set but it just never had anywhere to go yeah and then foretell happened oh so mark rosewater's had quite a life (laughs) mark (laughs) rosewater really has (laughs) uh and he had called it layaway back then in the star wars game that makes a lot of sense for like star wars yeah and that's what this and that's you know essentially what this does yeah um anyways (laughs) here we are egon god of death hell the covetous was the original name 
Um, well, because the North God of Norse God of Death is, is hell. called Hell, and Gates yeah. of Hell was on the back. I mean, yeah, there you go. That one I think's fine. And this one I love because this is like way different. Um, so Egon, in case you don't know, is two and a black for a six-six death touch. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile two cards from your graveyard. If you can't, sacrifice Egon and draw a card. And then the backside is Throne of Death, a single black. At the beginning of your upkeep, mill a card, two and a black, tap, exile a creature card from your graveyard, draw a card. Yeah. Uh, the original is just like miles different. Yeah, it's a three and a black for a two five with death touch. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, draw a card. Yeah, and Gates of Hell, two and a black artifact, creature cards can't leave opponent's graveyards. Bizarre. Like completely different yeah like the front face is great on yeah. this and the back face i'm not gonna play in draft Never. reverse of that is true now uh anyways that's really interesting yeah complete change Runi for egon yeah oh man next is asika god of the tree and the prismatic bridge yeah someone played a prismatic bri bridge deck against me in standard the other day no and way it was spicy oh that's cool way spicy um did they win they did. Oh. <laughs> Eventually. Okay. I, I it was a long, drawn-out battle, but they got there. That's um, awesome. Yeah, anyways. Was originally named Heimdall Protector of the Realm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. So. Heimdall's Chariot. No, <laughs> I just can't get behind it. <laughs> I mean, would it even have cute kitties? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I even? assume so because that's that's what it is in the Norse um, mythology is Asika's Chariot or whatever is drawn by Kitty Cat. Yeah. So I think it was still existed. It would just been named a less cute name. Yeah. Um, so he was saying one of the things that they liked about modal double face gods was that you could play the second side if the legendary side was already on the battlefield. So like oh, if the creature was already there, sure. it made it easier to play the other side. And so that's kind of how they landed on this for Asika, because Asika god of the tree is one green green vigilance tap add one mana of any color. Other legendary creatures you control have vigilance and tap add one mana of any color. And so you're able to cast the yeah. prismatic bridge. Which is white, blue, black, red, green. I see what they're doing there. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Um, and then this is like, this is a spicy one. Finn the Fangbearer. I want to know so much about Finn. Yes. Um, so they were saying like, you know, poison has kind of been speckled in ever since it was originally introduced. Yeah. Um, when it when it first came out in Legends, it was only on two cards. And so they said it's just like it's just it's just fun. To put a to poison have, in there? Just have have it on like one thing. And they were also thinking about commander, right? Where you can put the like you can build a commander deck around poison without actually having to have only creatures that have poison. Ah, sure. Death touch. In your deck. Exactly. Like you can build an only death touch deck in green. And then have Finn the Fangbearer as your commander. Nice. And once he's on the battlefield, like, they all I have love poison. it. That seems great. Yeah. That's super cool. Still wondering if the Fang is Warring Clex's Fang. <gasps> I wonder. Need to I know. didn't even think about that. Gosh. Wait, how would you get a Fang off Warring Clex? Well, maybe did Kaya kill Warring Clex? No. No, you're right. Warring Clex just ran away into a wall. Maybe just shed him just like a snake. Slooped into the wall. <laughs> Okay, this requires me to DM Mark Rosewater and ask because who ha how do you have this fang? How this fang give poison counter? Is it just ra is just random like poisonous fang that exists? Maybe yeah, maybe he just have elf magic. Could be, could be. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's see. There's like there's a story about Torolf. God of Fury. Originally called Alki the Braggart, by well, the also, way. This goes, with, this goes through so many. There's Alki the Braggart, Alki the Thunderer. Okay. Torolf the Thunderer. Oh, well, we got Torolf. And then another, like, there's there's so many. So it started off as two green, green, oh, legendary creature green. god for a 4-4. Four, four. Play with your hand revealed. Whenever you draw a non-land card, put a plus one, plus one counter on this card. Whenever a creature dealt damage by card, deal... This turn dies, draw a card. That's bizarre. Play with your hand revealed? Yeah. I don't... I've never seen that. Also, he says, for starters, it was green. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've gone through some changes, Torolf. Yeah, he was like, ah. So, anyways, that was just one of my favorite ones. And then it's like, oh, then they were like, okay, um, you have to... 
you have to be red. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Buddy, you got to be red. We, we need a we <laughs> hey, need buddy, red god. Buddy, so you're red. You're red now. Um, yeah. So that's how it ended up with like two red red for a four four. Play with your hand revealed. Whenever you draw a non land card, uh, it deals three damage to any target. <laughs> that card's a house. Yes. Wow. There's look so many. Look next up, three red red for a four four. It and other gods you control have haste. One in a red, discard a card, deal three damage to any target. Wow, Torolf. <sighs> Next, three red red for a 4-4. Four, four. Whenever one or more legendary creatures attack for the first time each turn, untap all legendary creatures you control. After this phase, there's an additional <laughs> combat phase. Can I say that all of these are better? <laughs> it's like, I, yes. Slash too good? I'm not yes. sure. Um. Anyways... Wow, yeah. that's so cool. Tore off many versions. I mean, if there is so ever a versions. lesson in killing your babies, like <laughs> magic card design, sure yeah. enough, is it? Because never, never fall in love with what you make over there. No, no, it's going to get, it's just going to get snipped to pieces. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Maria, you have a special spot in your heart for Toski. Of course. Our very first beautiful squirrel who is in Black Border as legend, yes. Toski. Um, both me and Mark are huge fans of squirrels. So I'm so happy that Toski made it its way into Black Border play for me to make a squirrel commander deck. Thank yes. you, Toski. And they were just like, hey, do you know what? In North Mis- Norse mythology, yep. there's a creature named Ratatoskr who's a squirrel that goes up and down the world tree. So like, suck it. Yeah, see, like <laughs> it's literally in the mythology. So we were putting it so in the guess set. what? I love it too, because he has to attack every turn. He's got to tell the secrets. Yeah. And then draws the cards, which is the secrets or whatever. Yep. The information, the knowledge uh, from the library, which is your mind. Oh. This is very deep, you see. So, so good. <laughs> Tosky, you're so cute. So cute. So cute. I love you, Tosks. Yes. And indestructible too, because you can't kill that squirrel. Yeah. I suppose Tosky's like the god that doesn't can't get killed. <laughs> it's Tosk Tos is not a god though, but no. you know what I mean. I mean, in our hearts. In our hearts, Toski is God. In our hearts, Toski is God. What? Yeah. Yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. 100%. Um, then they talk about Valky and Tybalt. Sure. Because right back when they were like, hey, gods are going to be modal double face cards. They can have so many different permanent types on the back. He was like, in the early versions, they were even like, they could have a companion on the back. Like they could, oh, they could have weird. a million things on the back. Oh, um, and then they were like, there's one that we haven't done yet. Oh. What about a planeswalker? Oh, yes. They're like, oh, this is very, this is very spicy. Um, and so anyways, it was, uh, that's just one of my favorites. That's really that like, weird. Can we? I would have assumed that this was the way the story happened and then they had to make it on a card, but it seems like that wasn't really the case. No, they were just kind of like, oh, oh put a planeswalker on the back. Do this. Everybody, by the way, that sound you may hear is the radiators in the building. <laughs> We're sorry, but sorry. there's nothing that we could do about Look, it. It is not minus 17 out. Okay, what do you want from us? <laughs> we can't freeze our bones in here, all right? No, we cannot freeze our bones. Um, yeah. So that's like, you know, that's an overview of like some of the specific cards and kind of the general Excellent. idea of how they got to Kaldheim. Yeah, really cool to kind of see Watsi's process creatively as they design these cards and how much thought and effort is put into each and every single one of them. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just really, really interesting, especially that with Torolf seeing so many different versions of that card so many. before they landed on the one that we know today. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Mark also has two mailbag articles for Call Time uh, that you can also find. They're called Odds and Ends Call Time Part 1 and Part 2, where you can see uh, people's tweet questions that they asked him and some of his answers. Um, So there's some cool stuff if you want to get a little bit more in-depth in there. One of the questions is, can we expect to see um, more space for MDFCs in the future? To which my answer should be yes, every set. Yes, all the time. But that is not what Mark Rosewater said. (laughs) Um, They said, can we, yeah, can we expect to see modal cards make regular appearances in future sets? Uh, And so he says, one, modal double face cards require additional production issues, uh, which I would never have thought of. Yeah, they got to print them both sides. Yeah. Yep. And some logistical play issues like opaque sleeves. Um, but they were saying like people really like them and there's a lot of design space left. So 
he's not sure about regularly, but occasionally. No, Mark, regularly. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're what you're saying now. What I'm hearing are excuses, and what I need are solutions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one touches on something that we talked about earlier, which was someone asked if both call time and modern horizons feature snow and changelings. Sure, coincidence or something planned? And he was like, "Oh, for both of those, their popularity in modern horizons kind of like paved the way." For bringing them back in call time. Oh, that's so Of neat. them being successful in that made it just so much more likely. Yeah. So if you like something, be sure to tweet at your favorite Wizards employees mm-hmm. and let them know that you like it because it does make a difference. The community feedback about snow and modern horizons was what led to snow being available in call time. Yeah. That's so interesting. So cool. Wow. Um, I thought that this question was cool. Someone asked, Foreign Clex has the Phyrexian creature type, a creature type you said in the past you would never actually do. Oh. What made you change your mind? And will there be a Phyrexian creature type overhaul like there was with dinosaurs? Oh, sure. And he said, okay, here's like an age old R&D process. One, figure out something we didn't uh, figure out that we didn't do something we wish we had. Yep. Yep. Sure. <laughs> sure enough. Yep. Well, we didn't do that. Whoops. They're like, they were Phyrexians and Antiquities and they didn't have a creature type. And we were like, oh, oh, okay. Should have done that. Should have done that. Um, and then they decided that they missed their opportunity. So they're okay. like, you know what? We don't look in the rear view mirror. <laughs> we just keep plowing on ahead. Uh-huh. Um, and then someone makes a push to reverse the decision. Sure. Um, so in Scars of Mirrodin, he was like, hey, there's like a new kind of Phyrexians. Like maybe we could make that creature type now. And then they were like, no. <laughs> Getting shot down, an important part of the process here. Exactly. Um, and then they were like, okay, think of the future. And they were like, <laughs> think of the children exactly. who want a Phyrexian creature type. Vorinclex came up and they were like, do you know what? We could keep being unhappy that we didn't make this creature type in the past, or we could just suck it up and make the creature type. I love it. It's so applicable to life. Like, oh, I really did that. I did that thing wrong. And now I'm just going to keep paying the piper because like, okay. I did it and, wrong. And again and again, you're like, I did it wrong. Oh, I, w- I can't, but I, I can't do it right. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it keep wrong. Doing I can't it wrong do it right. I, do you know what? I could just You know what if I just right. started today? You know what I'm saying? Today is the first day of the rest of your life, wizards. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Um, Anyways, yeah, there's a whole bunch more in there. Yeah, Um, totally. And a lot of them are like kind of specific questions that people have had. Like there's questions about EDH. Um, There's questions about sets being designed top down um, or bottom up. Yeah, there's an interesting commander question, which was like, hey, can you stop trying to push creatures for commander in your sets? Like, let me be creative, please. And Mark was like, he had kind of a double answer, which I thought was interesting. One was like, well, you, you can always put restrictions on yourself. Yes. You know, like you can say, hey, I... I am only going to use cards from these past 10 sets or I'm only going to do X, Y, and Z and therefore force yourself to be yeah. more creative, which I think is a really cool idea. And secondly, yeah, we take the note, like we hear you, you want less of this. And so we're going to draw back on it. Yeah. So, although he did also say like, guess what? It's the most like, that's what you get for being the most popular yeah. format. Like, <laughs> welcome. You're welcome the most popular me. format. Like we're going to make cards for you. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. We have to service this market. Exactly. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to check those out, like we said, dailymtg.com has all of these articles. These ones are, what's the name of these ones? Uh, uh, these and ends. are the odds and ends ones. Are the Q&As and the rest are nursing around. Yeah. Um, but what a cool look at call time and some questions answered by Mark too yeah. uh, from people. Wow. I'm, I, I'm so, I'm so happy that Isn't we did just this like episode. So ex- I just love the tidbits. Like I think, yeah, for sure. I think my favorite one might be that they originally were like, we can't do snow. We just like, can't do we it. We can't do snow. People don't like it. People just don't like it. And then Modern Horizons was like, but what if people did? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what, everybody? Time to thank Ultra Pro for w- being one of our amazing sponsors. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to pull out this playmat because we have to look we at it. We need to look at these playmats. Ugh. We talked about the posters, which we yes. now have two hanging in our office, um, in our set here. We also talked about the deck boxes last week. Now Ugh. we've got playmats. We like, look, we say it all the time. If you love the art, it's just one of the best ways to celebrate it. Um, this is Toralf, right? Yeah. This is like the, the showcase, the art. showcase art for Toralf. Yeah. And it's just incredible. Really good. And you have it on a whole playmat. Ugh. 
I just love it. I love it so much. If you're playing spell table with your friends and you don't have a rad alt art version yes. of Torolf, what are you even doing? What are you even doing? Oh, this one is Valky. That one's Valky. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. I love that they print not only the main art from the set, but yes. also these cool alternative arts. Like, of course. And if you're like, hey, do you know what? I'm not a person who's going to get showcase cards from my decks. Right. Maybe you change them out to like you're not consistently playing the same deck enough or something like that. But you're like, hey, I really love this art. What am I going to what am I going to do about it? Here you go. What a great way to celebrate the art that you love in magic and, and I, all of these cool ways that they have found to expand magic art i've got to say i love the smell of a fresh playmat in the morning (laughs) it's the afternoon (laughs) oh (laughs) well everybody that's this episode of good luck high five thank you so much for listening hanging out with us yet again as we talk about our favorite hobby with you and it's just it's just so nice to know that there's a lot of people on the other ends of these airwaves no matter how they're getting to you on through in behind over under however mechanically the airwaves work we are happy (laughs) that they are (laughs) we're so happy that we get to just chill out with you and talk about magic uh every single week uh thank you so much to everybody who helps the show happen every single week over on patreon.com slash glhf magic takes only a second to become a patron it means so much to us it literally does keep the show going and we'll say thank you to you on the show if you become a new member before next week so give you a special shout out there if you want to become a member yeah uh and thank you so much to card kingdom and ultra pro to awesome companies um who help us celebrate and play magic to you know to our heart's content yeah even during this to our heart's joy even not just content do you know what they're not just about content they're about stinking joy and you know what i have played more draft here in call time than any set i can remember in recent memory oh man oh for me that was zendikar rising oh yeah that's right (laughs) Oh boy. <laughs> but it's just so good and so fun. So it's so fun. It's just awesome to be able to talk about it, have great companies behind us um, helping us out. Yeah. And of course, you, the biggest way that magic, the amateuring, aka good luck, I find. Wow. Did you just. <laughs> Continues on. <laughs> Did you just travel back in time for you? My brain went. Wow. <laughs> wow. Did you know the show that used to be called Magic the Amateuring? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> Next week, you can look forward to us having a draft reckoning. Yes. We're going to revisit all those cards that we thought were good in draft. (laughs) Are they still? Does anybody know what's happening in this format? Well, find out. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to me? Wow.